Hey guys, my name is Savon. Some of you guys might know me as Lips by Savon, cosmetic injector out of Texas, working in Dallas. Dallas has always been my main hub. Now I'm really excited and proud to say that I opened a small little spot in Austin. So I am between Dallas and Austin. I've done a few other podcasts before. And I decided to fully do one completely by myself. I've always wanted to do one. And I've been told by many patients, many friends, many family members that I should continue on and doing doing my podcast and you guys enjoy really listening to them. So I decided, okay, why not? Um, so here goes. Here you go. Let's start with. I'm going to be introducing my co-host for the day, Angie. And hello. Yeah. Hi, Angie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How do I introduce you? <laughs> so those of you that are really close to me, especially my girlfriend's friends, even guys that have dated all know about Angie. I actually just tell everybody you're my aunt because it's easier to just say it that way. And two, we have that type of relationship, that family type of relationship. I see you, yeah, as my family member, as an aunt, sometimes as a mother. My, I call you my American mom. I do have a mom, by the way, guys. If you guys are wondering, this does not take anything away from her. I love my mom very dearly. Um, my parents don't live in Texas. They live in L.A. And... Angie lives here, and a lot of times we talk every single day. So All day. So Some days. So before I ramble on, I'm going to kind of give the mic over to Angie and, yeah, kind of talk about how did we meet and what was your first impression of me? We met, gosh, it's been many years we met you were you were at um another location you were working in dallas and i knew of this location and i knew that there were several injectors there but i'm i'm older and i have teenage kids and so i'm not real into the social media and so i didn't know who you were i just knew that this place had people kept talking about this place to go get injections Okay, so you never told me that. It wasn't like they kept talking about Lips by Savon or the other people. It was just like the actual specific place? Yes. Okay. I And I think I followed somebody that was at was there, mm-hmm. but they didn't do injections. They were just another um, uh, uh, provider there. Okay. And so I kept hearing something about there's a girl – that does great lips. But again, I didn't really know anything. I didn't know who you were. So I started following the page, still not knowing who you were. And there were several, there were several injectors. And I really didn't know who this girl that was supposedly so good was. So yeah, the way and I like looking back, I do remember that I was very adamant about putting everybody on my social media page. I didn't want it to look like it was all about me and me and myself. And so I wanted my assistants on there, some of the other nurses that were on there, I really wanted to make it look like a family group thing. But I don't even think I was following your specific page yet. I okay. was following the place. Okay. And so I saw multiple injectors and I saw other facial, you know, different different providers. Yeah. Um, I was following the place. And so I figured out the booking system and I didn't know who you were, but I got on the booking system to figure out who I wanted to go to. Let me interject really quick because I don't remember if I if I um, said this part or this much or introduced this part. Um, I, I tend to just always get ahead of myself. I'm a cosmetic injector. I'm a nurse. I guess that's so, important. Yeah, that's kind of important. What do you do for a living? I used to work in the emergency room, but I always, always was in love with everything that had to do with beauty and bringing people's beauty out. And so I did cosmetic injections on the side and and then it just turned into a full-time thing worked at a couple different locations and one of the locations that i worked at in the past this is what she's talking yes. about so sorry I but it's it. been many many years ago yes and so honestly the way i found you was i looked on the booking system and 
there were several providers that I could book with and several of them had openings the next day um, within that week. And you were the only provider there that, that was it like took months me out. three months to get in. And I said, oh, that must be her. She's the good one. And so I made my appointment and I waited. And so I came to my appointment and I had been, I had been um, somewhere, somewhere else um, because I had sev- severe migraine headaches and I would go get like Botox all in my head. And then I, I started coming to you to kind of do the other part of it. My first impression. The beauty part of it. The beauty part of it. Yeah. Because you keep me aging gracefully. Um, the, my first impression of you was, um, well, first of all, anybody's first impression, I think, is wow. Like, because you're, you're beautiful. I always tell you that you look like a filter. Um, you're Thanks. very stunning. Thank you. You are, you're very exotic looking. Um, for those of you that don't know, she is, um, I, I say that she's an Israeli Jew. Can I say that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what I am. I'm and from so Israel she, and she I'm Jewish. She is dark and exotic and beautiful. She looks like Jasmine. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. You do look when like I was Jasmine. growing up and uh, total like side thing here, you know, when you're a little girl and you want to place a character, all the girls would always be like, you can be Princess Jasmine. I'm like, why am I always Princess Jasmine? I want to be Sleeping Beauty. But anyways, back to the point. Go on. No, Princess Jasmine is not basic. <laughs> okay. Um, so my first impression of you was that you were you were very sweet, which, you know, women, we can all relate to this, that we, sometimes we have, we prejudge people that just from what we see and and some would expect that maybe you weren't very nice or that you're, because you're so pretty and um Sometimes that can be a little intimidating for women, but you came in and you were, you were so friendly. You were so genuine. Um, And the thing I, I think the thing I loved instantly was that I, you asked me what, what bothers you and what are you looking for? And I said, I don't know. What would you do? Like if it was a blank canvas, what would you do? And so you told me the things like you could do this, you could do this. And then you were like, okay, think about it. Whereas a lot of places that you go, they're like, okay, are you ready? Are you ready? Do you want to do it now? Do it. Do, do you it. Want to do it now? Yeah. Sign your life away. Um, and you didn't. You were like, hey, I want you to be comfortable. I want you to um, go think about it. Come, you know. And I said, okay, well, how long? This took me three months to get in. How long would it take me to get back in and you said i'll stay late for you you know yeah because i didn't have an appointment for another three months yeah i don't want i don't want to wait that long but yeah but um and And i don't like people making impulsive decisions i want people to really feel good about you know a treatment they're signing up for i mean we are altering somebody's appearance and that can be something that hits people's insecurities right and I want people to feel really good about it well and the thing I like about also because now fast forward many many years and I've been in the room with you many times I love that you don't pressure people because we do a lot of stupid things out of emotion just human nature like we go somewhere and something somebody says oh you look so good in that and you buy it and then you walk away and you're like why did I just do that like I don't need that yeah so I I have heard you say a hundred times I don't want anybody to have quote, buyer's remorse. I don't want to sell them in the emotion. It's not even, I don't, I actually don't say I don't want to have buyer's remorse. That's something I tell you personally. No, that's my I own. never. I never really tell the patient that, but really where that thought for me is coming from is I don't really care either way if they decide to choose me or not, because for me, I'm not doing it for that sale that day. I'm really doing it because I want them to feel good about themselves and I want them to look their best. And, that's and I know just- 150% that I can do that. Yeah. I know that like when I inject people, they, you know, 10 out of 10, and this might sound cocky, they always do look better. And if I can't do something for somebody, it's because they need a different treatment. Maybe it might be surgery or something else that I can't provide. And I tell them that. Like All I don't I don't like to blow smoke up people's booties. I won't cuss either. And mm-hmm. and and that is 
you know, my terms of saying buyer's remorse, it's not buyer's remorse. You don't want people to feel pressured. Exactly. And you don't want people to, to make a decision out of emotion that they later that go it isn't say, genuine. Yeah. yeah, they come back now. Also, nine times out of 10, because now I've been with you for a long time, like people come in and they're like, no, I'm ready to do it right now because they don't want to wait another six months. Yeah. But yeah. That wasn't me. I was like, let me go and think about it. And I thought about it for, you know, a minute and I called back and I was like <laughs> the same day, called back the same day. Can you give me in tomorrow? I did. And yeah. so you couldn't because I looked on the schedule and it was another literally four months. But um, you stayed late for me. Yeah, I you did. stayed late for me and you stayed after work. Yeah, I did. And so I went away from there thinking, wow, she's really she that's my first impression that you were very caring and very um, I love that you're you treat every patient as an individual person. Yeah. I went to one doctor's office and he was a fantastic doctor and he was all into this holistic stuff, but they had him on a 15 minute schedule, literally. And I don't know if he was getting a buzzer or a timer or whatever. I mean, I kind of like, have that too sometimes, but I still don't let it like No, but nobody change. ever feels that. This guy yeah. would stand up in the middle of my conversation. Oh, that's weird. And that's start weird. Out. Right. But and I love that you you let everybody come and tell you what they want, what they expect. And so my that was my first impression was, wow, she really cares about people and how they feel. I do. She wants them to go away feeling better. That is, that is true. So that was my first impression. So then I just became your patient for many years. I saw you every three to four months for Botox. Every time I would get my migraine Botox, I would then come to you after. Um, and then you started doing my migraine Botox. Yeah. And so then I started seeing you, but I was your patient for many years. And how did that change? You want to talk about that? Where did that transition um, for many years, I took different appointments. Sometimes I'd come in the morning, sometimes, you know, then probably the last year that I was, quote, you know, just a patient, you started moving me to your last appointment of the day. Which, by the way, um, a lot of people don't know this, but like, if you're a VIP for me, which a lot of people, I don't want to say VIP because then people are like, oh, I don't get treated like one. I come at 11. I suck. I suck. <laughs> no, but if you're somebody that I'm becoming really close to, like kind of like a patient, like we have, I'm close to all my patients, but like really close to, we mm. start talking about more personal stuff. Like I prefer to see that person at the end of the day. So like I'm not, I don't want to say rush because I'm never really rushed. I don't care. I'll run late. I don't ever really rush a patient, but like. I want extra time with that person. Mm -hmm. And so my appointments for a whole year were probably the very end of the day. Mm -hmm. I remember because I booked it that way. Uh -huh. And and one day, um, I guess this was probably, what, four years ago? I think so. So one day I was there and it was at the end of the day and you had been kind of, um, you had had some stuff going on, not you personally, somebody that you were you know, in, in relationship with. Yeah, you can kind of talk, you can just know names. I was dating somebody seriously. Yeah. And it had been kind of very rocky, very tumultuous. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, um, I didn't know hardly anything at that point. I mean, I was getting more bits and pieces about your life and I was getting to know you not as just an injector, but you as a person as that, that year that I started coming at the end of the day, you started Looking back now, and I know you so well, I, I know exactly how you operate. So now I know you thought you could trust me. You felt like you could trust me, but we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, um, we'll get into the trust th thing. That was, you know, it was it was hard for you. But um, you started giving me like little bits and pieces. And I just remember it was one instant you were in the middle, literally like you had in stuck a needle somewhere and you were telling me a story and you walked around. I mean, I remember like it was yesterday. You walked around from the, from one side of the chair to the other side. And I sat up and turned around and faced you. And I said, Oh honey, I want you to know who you are. And I actually remember this and who you are and that you don't, ever I want and I said I want you to love yourself enough to know that you do not deserve to be treated that way because you had 
you had kind of began to heal from this relationship and mm-hmm. then something traumatic happened in his life. Right. And so you dropped I, everything. So we broke up because I knew we were in a match and I'm not on here to like badmouth anybody. Right, no. And that's actually for those of you guys that don't know me, that's not how I see things. Like I truly believe that we have to appreciate and love everybody that has come in our life and everybody comes in for a reason in a season. Angie, you've taught me that. And not every single person that enters your life is meant to go with you all the way through. And mine and his time had ended. We were not a match. We were tumultuous. And like, and he's not a bad person, you know, like he's a great guy, still love him, wish him well, but we weren't good together. Right. We brought. But and there was some pain on both sides. Yeah. So we had broken up. And then what Angie was trying to say is something really, really traumatic happened to him in his life and um me with my bleeding heart what I did is I I dropped everything that I was going through and was like you know it's not about me it's not about me and him or what happened with us in the past I just got to go be there for him Mm -hmm. which obviously kind of got a little mixed up into like you know when you do that with an ex they they try to get back together with you or whatever so again, so, so something happened just a couple of days before and you were telling me about it. It was so r- new and so raw that there was still so much emotion in it. And I think that's with anything. Anytime you pull yourself away and you allow yourself the space to heal it and then you step back into it. It's like, ow, like you're like, OK, yeah, I remember when it's like I, the stitches weren't quite ready to come out. <laughs> no, they were not. And um so I, I remember sitting up and saying that to you and you just stared at me. You didn't even say anything. You just looked at me. Cause I, and I remember that because and I stared at you because I remember thinking to myself like, yeah, I mean, she is right. I don't deserve to be treated at this. And like, why don't I love myself a little bit more? But I didn't feel that way about myself at the time. So I finished up, checked out, made my next appointment, um, said, OK, bye. See you in three months. And later that night, I got a text message from a number that I didn't know. And I had to kind of figure out who it was. And it was your personal phone number. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) if you know Savon, there was no, hi, this is Savon. It was just so. And asked me this big, very emotional question. And I was like. So I shouldn't call him or text him (laughs) or something like that. In in some more details. But I was like, "Uh, who is this? So I had to like figure it out. And then once I figured out it was you, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't. Like, no. And I think we have talked every day. Since then. Since then. And some days, depending on what's going on in the world, um, it's all day in between patients throughout the day. Yeah, for sure. But um, so, yeah, it's just I mean, I think I've taken a life on its own Mm -hmm. and and then a a little bit more of a history. I had gone through I have gone through a lot in my life. I don't resent it or anything. I think it's maybe who I am. And there was a one point in my life where it was it was just really hard for me. Um, As somebody who is like an artist, that's not good with wanting to manage certain things in my life and I I also think that people that are truly artistic and have that artist brain we tend to get taken advantage of a lot mm-hmm. you know and I I had been so comfortable going to her for advice I, I feel like it almost like you went from like my patient to my life coach ish like I would always not a certified life coach right (laughs) um I would always reach out to you for advice and then at one point I was like can you please come work for me Mm -hmm. and she's like what like doing what and I was like I just need you to kind of manage my life and manage the people that are that are in my life or trying to get in my life you know and like I, I don't I don't feel like I'm doing this right and and I think the the reason I got that idea is because you had sat you had t- sat me down and talked to me about like how to have healthy boundaries with people, how not to let people take advantage of your kindness and all this stuff. And then I was like, I don't even know how to do that. Like looking back now, it's so wild. Like yeah. I had a serious, severe issues with boundaries. 
like major major and i don't mean like boundaries like i was you know disrespectful other people's boundaries i you were disrespectful to your own boundaries to my own boundaries people would just like kind of trample me over yes, here and there absolutely and i know that's so wild for people to hear because they're like whatever like you seem so like mm-hmm. hardcore and like from the outside like you told me the other night that you have a very harsh what did what was it that you said that you come out and people might misread you or this and i'm like I, I, you know, it's wild to me to even think that way because I know how, I think it's once I do let people in, I let them in like you, 250%. Well, I'll never forget the, my first quote day of work when I said, working for you, how? And you had come over to my house because you were going through something. And this is, you know, fast forward. So this is, no, this was before you said come work for me we had been talking every day for several months and you you were going through something and you were like i'm just coming over after work and you came in and you were like um are you like ofcd um and i was oh like, yeah yeah i remember this and i said no i just like things to be organized and then you were like um can you come do this to my to my life yeah. and um so i started working for you but it was never like a traditional a traditional job you had another you had another I had other assistants it was more like everything had to go through Angie and the reason I decided that is because for the first time in my life in a very long time and since then I had felt and I don't know if I ever told you this part but I had felt like I finally met somebody that actually truly cared about me and me to the core of me not the lips by Savon not the you know big time cosmetic injector that can really, you know, make you look completely different. And I felt like you just cared of the little girl inside of me. That's who I saw. Yeah. That's who I still see. And, and I was like, I, I don't think I could go a day or so without like having your advice. I, I felt guilty, really. That's kind of another reason why I asked you to work for me. Cause I, I felt like I was like stealing your time or something <laughs> or like, like I felt like I, I needed to pay you or something for all the goodness that you were doing, which is another lesson that me and you learned together. Like you yeah. don't have to like pay for friends. You don't have to, you know, overly gift to have somebody love well, you. I, I think that they're just like, I've always told you there's a, People come into your life for a reason, a season, whatever. Most people that come into your life are not intended to stay through every season of your life. Only a very few people are, I call them all season friends. Like most people are there for a season. And what we want to learn from it is like, okay, what are the, the, the biggest disservice we do to ourselves is when that season is over. If God sends somebody into your life and, and, and it's supposed to be a blessing to both of you. The biggest disservice we do to ourselves is to try to hold on. And when and that, that was season, one of my issues too. In life, when like that it. season is over. And so I think that I was supposed to be there for a season because I saw somebody that was already working there. And you said, you're in charge. Everything has to go through you. Well, my, and I said, I will do this. But you, I don't know if you remember what I said. You have to give me permission because I see someone here that is not in the right spot. She needs to be running your whole office. office. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my very first thing. And that was, that was a fantastic decision because. And that's, that's how Kay was born. That's okay. <laughs> that's how Kay was born. Kay is my manager and. Who is amazing and a godsend. Nobody tried to steal her, but she is. I don't think it would happen. Her no. like devout loyalty to me is like she unheard is of. Amazing. But. You had hired her right before I came on and she was like the receptionist. And I was like, that girl is needs to be running this whole show. Yeah. Um, and so I think that I was there for a season and and Kay and I worked well together. Um, but then I think my season and that role was ending. My life was changing. I you know, I'm a um, I'm a single mom with two kids and I I think what happened at that point is me and you had gotten so close. Like I, I literally, until this day, I feel this way. I see Angie, like a family, like my mom, like my aunt, like, and I know that there's a lot of families out there that work with family, but it doesn't, 
you shouldn't. I don't think you should work with family or friends. Another lesson I learned the hard way. Um, it just makes things messy. And I I was too scared to like lose you from my life. And remember, we had talked about it. And, and again, I expected you to just kind of like slowly go away. And I was like, she's going to be another person that but literally, I said I'm not going to do this job anymore, and we continued on the very next day talking yeah. like you we were like did. I'm gonna I'm not gonna quit you as a person. Yeah, but I didn't really believe her, and <laughs> and here we are, and here we are. Um, so yeah, kind of in a nutshell, that's our our relationships. Obviously, it's too much to explain to every single person that I I meet. So it's Aunt Angie from from now on. The beautiful thing about our friendship, too, relationship, family ship, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I like that word, family ship. Family ship is Angie's always been like kind of like a mentor slash what do you want to call it? Life coach, like the the sound advice. Kind of almost like a counselor in a way, but more in a family way. I don't know how to explain that. I, I don't d- either because I, um, I, I do think I'm that. I'm not a licensed counselor oh, or yeah. life coach. Yeah. I. I do think that a lot of my growth and change internally was definitely stimulated by you for sure. I think the thing that you, I I think the thing that disarmed you with me is that um, what with me, what you see is what you get. And that's not always a great thing. Like I've had to ask the Lord to kind of, uh, buffer some of that out of my personality but I think that you respect that like I don't I'm not one to put on a uh, facade what you see is what you get and well I'm like that too so that's why I appreciate that like I get a little nervous when people are like fake but I'm very authentic and I also I share because listen I mean I, I share what I've been through and the, and the reason I can say some things is because I walked it and learned the hard way. I mean, I don't pretend for one second. To There's say an that. age difference between us guys. I know she doesn't yes. look at it because because of Savant, but <laughs> there is. And I admire your advice. Um, because I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 40, I'm almost 49. And so I've, I've had marriage. I've had all these different things, um, kids. And so I can speak to things that you haven't experienced yet. But I think the thing that at least you've told me is that I'm real. I don't try to sugarcoat it and say, oh, just like I, I tell you and I share with you the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. Kind and of, how I've kind know. of like an aunt or, or a godmother would do. Yeah. That's a good one. I, you're like a godmother there. Like a fairy godmother? Like a fairy godmother. That's a good one. I'll sprinkle my dust. So <laughs> to the next question, why did you agree to do this first podcast with me? Um, I will say, I don't know. You're very persuasive. Number one, you've gotten me to do. Well, I actually didn't ask her (laughs) for the record. I actually didn't ask her. I'm like, Angie, we're doing a podcast. (laughs) Basically. That's the same thing you did with me with that photo shoot. Cause I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And, um, I, I guess the reason that I decided or that I agreed to do this, or I didn't fight you, we should say, is that. And I tell you this all the time. You are not, you're not even the same person that I met all those years ago. Uh, yes, you're the same person, but I'm saying. I mean, thank God. I always tell this to people like, I would hope I'm not the same person I was five years ago. People should constantly be, be yes. getting, or people should constantly get better and grow. And yes. so thank God that I'm not you do stagnant. have you have some, um what do you call it? You're, you're a big time injector. People come from all over to see you and you, in, in this industry, you have, you have a status. And so when people find out that I know you or even more so how close we are, I get questions all the time. Like, really? Like, Oh my God, what is she like? Is she, um, this way or she that way? And that is so wild to me because I feel like, and I told you this the other night, I feel like I'm the same person all day long. I, you are in every same, situation. You're the same person as far as like you're you're very genuine and you're kind. But I I think that people I think that you are um, misunderstood a whole lot. And I can speak to that and I can say that because it's taken me 
And I told you this the other day, it's taken me all these years to kind of know. Now, like you say things and I start laughing. I think my parents, I mean, my parents even took them. Well, well, and Kay and I, Kay and I, um, there would be moments where before we really knew you, I'd have to talk her off the ledge. She'd have to talk me because we would take certain things. But now that we both know you, we just kind of laugh it off because we, we know you. I think you're very misunderstood. Um, Why do you think I'm misunderstood? I, like, I don't know. I, I will how say, so? I will say that it, it it takes it takes a whole lot to get to the heart of Savon. It takes a whole lot to to see the heart of Savon. You just to, to be vulnerable. Um, I don't like to be vulnerable. Right. Like we talked about this like a few nights ago. I feel like to me. It's just so uncomfortable for me, like Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable. Like I feel like I'm squirming around in my skin. Like I can't even handle it. And I think I've always felt like being vulnerable is showing weakness. And and I feel like when I show weakness, I'm giving somebody the tools to later on to hurt me with. And I think (laughs) being vulnerable shows strength. So I mean, I've worked through this, guys. Okay, I've, I'm I'm a lot softer and show more vulnerability. But yeah, this was a really hard thing well, for me to one of the things navigate that, through. Yes, and one of the things that we have navigated through, like just together in our friendship, just uh, more about your personality is that you are all or cut off nothing. There is this no is in between. so true and. Do you really think I've worked through that? I feel like I'm still kind of like that. No, I still feel like we're battling, but you're better. For instance, the, my very first day of work, very first day. No, you hadn't even you hadn't even hired me yet. I offered like, hey, can can I do a couple things for you? I'm going to be in the area. Can I bring anything by? You were at a new location, and you sent me your credit card, and I was like, what is wrong with this girl? Like, you don't know me to the level to just Give me your credit card. I don't think that's weird. To that's, me, that was not weird. And there lies. You don't give a stranger your credit card number. But I didn't see you as a stranger. I guess. It's like I, mean, I was doing my, some shopping for your new place. I was picking a couple things right, up. And you but just, like I, I trusted you. And that, I mean, that's good. You but, know, it's like once I like let somebody in my circle and I agree that I've would do this a little too fast and prematurely with people. It's like they're all in 150%. And that's the thing I've noticed about you with, I mean, friends, relationships, you're nothing. You go from zero to 200 back to negative 32. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could figure out that sweet spot gray zone. But I do think I've gotten so much better at this. You've gotten a lot better. I mean. Remember, I would give the codes to my house to everybody. Everybody had a key to my house. Okay, when I first started working for you, I literally had to change the keys and the locks five times within the No, first she had to sit me down and she had to sit first me, eight weeks. She had to sit me down and was like, No more keys for anybody. Nobody's having access to this house. I'm like, but that's my blah 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 friend, or this is my this. She's like, I don't care. Like you gotta like have some boundaries because you didn't know who was coming, who was going, who was taking, who I mean, stuff was missing. I mean, it was just insane. But yeah. you're not like that anymore. Yeah. So don't get any ideas. Don't be coming to her house trying to punch in a code. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. I have actually gotten really good at that. Well, and and I think that on a more serious level, you have learned. There is something that, and again, more of this can come up later, but I think that you, I think that you have had, uh, you've conditioned yourself for for whatever reason to to think that. To love means to give everything. Yeah. And when in reality, like there's boundaries in love, any kind of love, whether it's yeah. friendship, romantic yeah. relationship, parental, you and, know. And like I told you, remember I told you I had that like, um, I met with that like spiritual counselor guy a week ago mm-hmm. and he told me the reason that you are overly abnormally giving and open is not because because I'm like, oh, I'm really generous and very, you know, blah, 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 kind and go with the flow. And he's like, no, that's not why you're that way. He's like, yes, you're a generous person. You're a sweet person and all that. But the reason that you just give everything up right in the beginning is because it's a defense mechanism. It's you 
trying to give away the important things, expensive things, whatever, because it's easier to just give it out in the beginning than it be taken from you or you be betrayed later on. And that was wild to me to hear. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And he's like, you have severe trust issues and you don't have a lot of security with people. Uh, yes. And I think that you have, I, I think that you've become conditioned to think that the people, that people are going to hurt you. And so the ones that are supposed to love you and take care of you are going to hurt you. So I think well, Part because it's happened so many times. So much. You're yeah. yeah. But I think that you're like, here I am. Take it. If I give it to you, you can't hurt me by taking it. That's true. I never even thought about that. I, ne I never even considered that until he told me that. I just thought it was was really wild. Mm -hmm. I just thought that I was like a super generous person, which I still think I am. But whenever I talk to you and other people, they're like, that's not normal to... Yeah to buy somebody a car or to, or, or to like, Oh my know. gosh, I totally forgot about that. When I first came to work for you, you were like, or, I'm going to buy them a car. And I was like, or, for what? Or to buy them, you know, breast augmentation because or they, a nose job or this or that. I'm like, for what? I'm like, they're because, like, well, because they, their cars broke down. Well, I mean, or because they felt bad about themselves and they kept talking about how they wanted it. So I felt like that would make them feel better. What do you mean it's not normal? People don't do that? She's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Golly. Yeah, I know. How much like <laughs> how much have I grown since then? I will say that one of my lessons from being overly ridiculously what do you want to call it? Giving or just having I would say it's not even giving, it's having no boundaries. Serious boundary issues is the more that I like love people with my gift giving or whatever it's like the worst they got the more entitled and or maybe they were like not the best quality of person to begin to with. begin with yeah I, you know i always i always say that that money and things just shine a magnifying glass on on who you are now i mean i'm not saying that's you know 100 percent across the board i'm saying that a lot of times when people come into money, people say, oh, the money ruined them. I think I think when people come into money or extra things, it it's just so funny shows. to say that because I've I had people tell me that whenever I was becoming more successful, they told me that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm the same exact person, like literally the same person, whether I have, you know, a hundred dollars and I would give like that or the shirt off my back. It's just a different shirt. But maybe you more still. You know, everybody has different gifts. Like that, when God created you, like He gifts every person. Yes. And my mom you know, talks about this a lot too. You, you are. Everybody has certain gifts that God that God gives us. How we use those gifts—that's where our free will comes in. He also gives us free will. So, like, He can give me a gift of whatever, and I can I choose. Do I want to bless people with that, and and or do I want to be a total, you know, you know, snit and treat people poorly? Um, you are very giving by nature, your core. No, you love to make people feel good about themselves. Yeah. That is, that's a gift. I of, like to make people feel loved and seen. And that's a gift of encouragement and exhortation. And you, you are, um, you, you, you look for the beauty in everything. And I think that's a gift. I think that I, just comes with the territory about being with being an artist. Like you can make yeah. a painting. I, you'll look at a picture and be like, oh, look at the strokes of that. I'm like, oh, what are you looking <laughs> like? It just looks like a, somebody dropped a paint can on it. Um, I, I think that. So I think I think that is a, a natural part of you. I think that is an authentic part of who you were when you were created is giving and, and wanting to make people feel loved. I think where it's gotten, where you've gone sideways is because you it's, have been hurt by a few of the, the people that you because thought. Because the bottom line that I keep learning this in life is sometimes 
you need to take the rose covered glasses off. Like sometimes I'm creating a fictional character. Like I'm trying to see something beautiful in a person that's not a good person. And then I would talk myself out of seeing the severely red, red, red flags. I agree. I think that's more part of it in the later times, but I think there has been a few situations in your life that you thought it was a forever season every season well it was more like i can help them be better i can fix them like I right but you've had some people that you really genuinely loved and thought loved you for like a forever some sort of relationship and you've been very hurt by people and i think that that has put a guard up that because it is hard for me to like especially in relationships and i know you know this because there was has been what i don't even know how to describe it a person that i loved so dearly and i and i you know like saw as my soulmate and it's just so hard to let go like i maybe it's how my brain is wired or how i see things and i've and i've seen things like this even with friendships like i believe in the bonnie and clyde or the thelma and louise we grow up uh, maybe 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 i watched too many disney movies but it's like i believe like loyalty till we die kind of thing and we grow we we have grown up to wear like tv and movies and you know romantic movies and series and all this has almost become we've idolized it because it's a way for society like to to escape into that so we 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 grow up romanticizing everything. You know, the beast turns into a freaking Prince Charming. I mean, I'll date the beast if he turns into the king. I right, mean, right, the right. problem is we keep dating the beast, but they don't turn into <laughs> Prince Charming. When she says we, it's because anytime I date or talk to somebody, <laughs> me, me and her are going through it because I always talk to her about it. But uh, I always say, did yeah. we break up with them yet? <laughs> Are we still broken up with them? <laughs> oh, my God. But, and, you know, it's Angie was like, I know you love him. I know you care about him, but he's not your guy. Like, you are growing and you're changing. And some people just stay stuck, you know? And it doesn't make him a bad guy. When, when When you realize somebody's not, it just means that I just want to take him with me all the way. I know. Even with some friends. It's like, I know. Because you love so hard. And I you love, love hard. So- and you want. You want to take them along, but it it is it's it's hard to not everybody. What did that? What did I or, say or, to you that time? Like you, the I, best thing we can do is live with our hearts and our palms, palms open, open yeah. letting people, letting God bring them in and take them out. And and we hurt ourselves when we clench on and you know try to hold on way I, past their season. I know. I'm still working on this, guys. This is. One of the things that are very hard for me. I mean, I've spoken to like mediums and stuff like that. And they all say the same thing. Like you tend to loop in your head. Like you have to let the past go. I I think that's why what I was saying about Disney is we romanticize everything. And so we we see these red flags like like waving in your face. And you're like, what? No, it's fine. They're pink. They're almost kind of white. No, they're turning green light. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. They're becoming green. Yeah. You are colorblind when it comes to that. 150%. (laughs) So. That is blood red. And you're like, it looks green to me. (laughs) You're like, what? What are you talking about? And I just started telling her all the good things about that person. Like, well, no, this happened. And she's like, we're not doing this potential shit. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. We're not going to date potential. I used to think that was the meanest comment ever. I'm like, whatever happened to people growing together? But I get it. It's like you, you uh, they have to want to grow. Yeah, they have to they have to want to grow. Both you, of you have to want to grow. And you set yourself up for like, as soon as you put too many expectations, I feel like on a relationship, even friendships, that's when things start going south. Like, I truly believe that in every in any relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, you have to just love the person for who they are because mm-hmm. they're not going to change. I mean, it's really hard for people to change guys it really is it was hard for me to change i had to want it for myself but um it can happen but it has to be wanted by that person and a lot of people don't have that self-awareness like that's something that i've noticed you know even me myself that has 
been very adamant of constantly changing and growing and moving in, in a forward trajectory mm-hmm. that a lot of people are like everybody just thinks their shit doesn't stink and they don't they yeah. don't have that self awareness I guess but to kind of like loop back to why am I so misunderstood when I asked her that is because of all these reasons and these things that I've gone through which it might not be traumatic to other people, but it was my life. And I do think I have some PTSD from losing people in my life. I I think I have a, I don't know, like a kind of a wall up. But, you know, me and Angie were talking the other night and we were talking about a lot of different things. And hearing myself talk about some things that happened when I was a little girl I think I've had kind of like this defense mechanism since I was younger, which we'll go, we'll go into that. You know, I guess we can go kind of like finish the whole fixer, right? The intuition and fixer. I tend to be a fixer, but isn't that kind of what an artist does? He takes a canvas that's empty and makes it absolutely beautiful. Take a person that I still think that every person that sits in my chair is beautiful. Like it's just their full potential is not revealed. I have a different set of vision. I The way I see people when I first see a person or a patient, it's like in my eyeball, there's like a Snapchat filter. I see each person, how they would look like with the hot Snapchat filter. Like, oh, we just do a little bit here, a little bit there, a little then, then you're a 10. You're good to go. Yeah. Um, can call it looking through, looking at the world with Artist covered glasses, rose covered glasses or whatever. But I do love fixing things and making things beautiful. Even this year, getting into cooking, I like my food to look good. Otherwise, I feel like a failure. Um, and you you do plate food. It's very pretty. Yeah. I love beautiful things. I love art. I love beautiful music. I love making people beautiful. You are a, a true artist across the board. And when people ask me, you know, about you or what you're like or what you're, you know, I remember. I have to ask, is this you're going to go into the um, experience of what it was like to first get injected by me? What was it like? It's so different. I would think it's weird if some patients. Um, not, it didn't, it's not, it's not even weird, but I do know that once we started to get close, like it's, it's like when you've been with a hairdresser for a long time, like you go in they're like, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I was with one hairdresser. He moved away from me many years ago, but, um, he got to the point where I would walk in and say, I want bangs. And he'd be like, be quiet, stop. You know, like it got to the point where I, I didn't even say anything. I just went and sat in his chair. Yeah. There, there has to come a certain point. There was a shift in our friendship and dynamic, even that I just, you, you stopped asking me what's bothering you. Now, if you hang out with her too long, if I'm talking to somebody and I feel her eyes peering at me, my gaze from the side, I'm like, what, what? She's like, oh, we got to fix that. <laughs> your feet, you're looking a little jolly. <laughs> no, but I think I, I described it one time. Um, she was like, come up here and I'm going to inject you at the end of the day because it was time for my migraine stuff. And she just blared the music. It was, I mean, it was. Um, at the very end of the day, but I was working there. And so I think it was me, you and Kay, I think, and we ordered in dinner because we had to meet about some other things. And Uh you said, I want to go ahead and, and and do your Botox and all that. And you were like, I'm just going to do some other things. Just be quiet. And you blared the music. And I was like, I I feel like you're like painting. Like I'm not allowed to talk and interrupt the art. No, you're not. No, but that's when she said it is. It's like, you're my, it's like, it's a canvas. It's a blank canvas and I'm just going to start. And I was like, wow, I've never. No, I haven't been around a lot of injectors, but I've never seen another, another reason why I've done a lot of pro bonos because sometimes I just want a person to be amused. Well, I've never I've never seen another injector approach somebody like that. The other injectors that I've ever been to have been like, what do you and this is what I tell other people when they say, because you are you're a better injector. One, you're one of the better injectors. But, you know, I mean, let's let's be real. We get what we pay for in anything, you know, mm-hmm. Um and so your prices may be a little higher than somebody down the street, but you get what you pay for. And so somebody would ask me something and I said, I, 
or they would ask me about that and how you do things. I said, the thing I love about you and the way you inject, and I have a lot of friends. I, I've lived in Dallas my whole life. We're all approaching 50. So everybody gets stuff done. And you girls that say you don't, you're lying. Um, and now I can tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> now I can tell. Um, but, you know, other people will go and they'll say, okay, what do you want? Oh, I want a little cheek pop or I want this. And they're like, okay, do you want one syringe or two? Well, I, I don't even know what one syringe looks like. Uh, and so it, it always came down to what can you afford? One syringe is this much, two syringes. What's in your budget for today? So I may say, oh, I think I want two, but you come out looking like crazy, crazy. And so when I first got there, one of the first times you injected me, you said, what do you want? And I said, I want cheeks like I feel like my face is starting and to I was drop. like no no and you said but no at first you were like why and you got the mirror and you said show me what bothers you I said this I want this and you said um hold the mirror and you did something to my it was in my head my hair it had nothing to even do with my cheeks or my face it was even like I don't know what you do I always say she has some kind of voodoo magic with that with Botox and you said watch this. And you pulled something back. And I said, Oh yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, that's it. And you said, that's not filler. And I said, Oh, and I love that because she really listened. You really listened to the patient. And then you ask why I think I want cheeks where cheeks would have just made me look overdone and weird deformed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that just kind of leads to my next. Well, why did you want me to do this podcast? I wanted you to do this podcast with me because I'm so comfortable with you. Number one, I didn't want to like, yes, I want to do it alone. I want it to be, you know, a project of mine so people can get really get to know me. I've had so many patients and friends and family members be like, you should do it. Like, you know, let people see another side of you. Let them really get to know them. Let let them really feel like they're there having a conversation with you. And I wanted that. I wanted people to experience that because I think of just a normal person with a big heart and yeah well and I, I think that I think that people see you you know you're this single boss lady and you're out here and you know you're very successful in your own right like you have two locations you we can and now let's not put everything out there let's not put everything i, I don't like you, to i don't like you, to uh well, that's online like yeah. we know that you have two locations but my i point just don't is like that, to brag and be like i have this no, 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 i'm not saying that i'm saying you 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 are very successful and you've done it all on your own i have yes. you've done it all on your own and every time she like somebody gives her like this wild idea or something like that i always tell her go back to you you, it, it's you that has grown this. Yes, you have to have a fabulous team around you to help you implement things. But I think that this podcast will be good because I think that people, it's human nature. We all do it. We make assumptions. We see somebody. I would look at you if I didn't know you. I mean, I'm human. And I'm going to go, oh, what does she have to be sad about? What, it, what, what's wrong in her world? I mean, she's beautiful. She got more people trying to be her boyfriend than anybody can handle. I mean, I know because we are talking to them. No, we're not. <laughs> um, but um, like in, in society standards, somebody would look and say, she's got everything. Like you're very successful. You're beautiful. You, you got tons of people that want to date you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in society standards, you've got it all. Um, and I don't think that people. But those are not my standards. No, that's those what, aren't your standards. That's society's standards. Yeah, that's like, what people don't understand. That's what people don't understand. And so people don't understand. That's why I, I, I didn't say, go into this business for success or for no, money. Or, I'm saying I think the podcast will be good because it will let people see. Who I really am. A, yes, a different side, but the real side. People that, even your patients, they get to see bits and pieces. But you can't really even get to know somebody seeing them every four months for 45 minutes like yeah you know what I mean like yeah this will just give people an insight into there's so much more to you yeah. than being a cosmetic injector that's what you do that's not who you are no it's definitely not and 
the biggest reason I wanted to do this podcast is I want people to really understand that beauty is not just a physical thing. It's not what's on the outside. It's really truly what's on the inside. It's how you love yourself and something that I've always believed in. And it's always been a law of mine to myself. It's how you treat people. It's how you make them feel in your presence. It's how you love them. You you don't have to know somebody for years to make them feel seen and loved and heard and cared about. Like there are people that I've met. Oh God, I don't want to give the example because then I'll be outing myself, but mouth it to me before you say it. Who? Yeah. We'll tell you later. <laughs> When I got that loss at one time, I'll tell you later about it, but there's, there's people where I meet, you know, one time and, you know, they're the ones who tell me you left an impression on me. And I'm like, Uh I was just being a good person. That's what everybody should do. What we should, but yeah, that's not what we all do. And that is what beauty is to me. You know, it's, it's not how you look on the outside. Yes, I love making people look beautiful because I truly believe when you look your best, you feel your best. Mm-hmm. And when you feel your best, you act your best. And mm-hmm. when you act your best, you attract the best. And it's just this beautiful, positive cycle. Yeah. And, and we're not at all saying, oh, if you age naturally and you don't get injections, then you're not beautiful. That is absolutely not what we're saying. We're saying, you know, why do you get your hair cut? Why do you get your nails done? Why do you brush your hair? Why do you? It's 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 definitely the reason why, you know, like you and Chad are like, I cannot find a common, you know, denominator here with the guys that you've dated. They're all so different looking and so like all over the place. And it's like because that's not what it's. Like, no, I'm, I'm not, do, a, I'm, let's just, you do not have a type. I'm not like, where's hot Brad Pitt? No, I, yeah, I no. know who you are, but <laughs> I get attracted to person's personality. And how many times have I said, okay, he's not very cute. What do you say to me? Wait till you get to know him. That, that's truly who you are. Like, yeah, but that's with everybody. Like, isn't it true that somebody can maybe I don't, not be that I, att- people are shallow these days they're what i feel like a lot of people are so shallow oh they're very shallow absolutely like we live in the most shallow self-centered gross i mean it's and it actually kind of hurts my feelings in a way or just like irks me annoys me when people are like oh i automatically was rude to you because i thought this and like what but that's how society is my mama always said pretty is as pretty does let's just go back to that like what is pretty well you can have the most beautiful woman or beautiful man in the world. But if you're a jerk, you are not pretty. You're not pretty. No. I don't care how pretty your face is or. No, I agree. You're not pretty. You can also have an average looking person that you may not think, oh my gosh, they're the most handsome man in and the world. And then you you keep hanging out with them and you're like, God damn, he's so hot. They, they just become hotter and hotter in front of yeah. your eyes because they treat you so well. Because pretty is as pretty does. Yeah. So that's kind of my my goal with this podcast, really. I want to talk to people about my life experiences. I want to educate people on the things that really has helped me in my journey the last few years to, yes, I always see the beauty in things, but I'm really super into right now kind of like the journey of your soul if that makes sense like inside and like how you treat people and and yes outside stuff is very fun and aesthetically beautiful um i want to you know give my feedback of things that has helped me in life and that has helped heal me in life and that has helped me grow and make my life better and maybe that will make somebody else's life better i think that's awesome and we were talking last night and about what you want it to look like moving forward. And we were talking about I don't how- have like a strict outline. I'm just kind of like letting you guys into my life a little bit. And I think that's amazing. I think just being authentic and, you know, some days it may be, you may tune in one week and it may be, golly, that's really heavy, but wow, I can really relate to that. I think that's the big, I think authenticity is the most beautiful thing. And one of the most beautiful things ever, because 
people, like I was saying earlier, people, people can look at you and go, I have nothing in common with her. Like, I mean, she's super successful. She doesn't, you know, she, she doesn't have kids that she has to worry about. She doesn't, you know, struggle paycheck to paycheck. Like she jet sets all over. I mean, if you follow you for five minutes on any of your social media. Oh my you, God, you're making it sounds way more glamorous than it is. But <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that is my point. You have to really know you and people don't know you. They look at the outward appearance and the think, facade yes and they, the instagram facade social media is a lie social media is a lie people only post their best the best things that are happening and honestly i don't even really post too much of things like that because i don't ever want to seem or come across that i'm like a pompous ass like showing no, off you're not at all i'm not into you know this i'm not into like name brand stuff i don't have like four red bottoms or a bunch of chanel's or whatever you would rather have trips and memories with exactly. the people that you love. The The designer bag that I finally decided I would get was a YSL, and that's because I um, got a good deal on it. You have a patient that got you a really good deal. <laughs> a good deal on it, and I didn't feel guilty getting it. That's that's another issue that I've struggled with. I've always felt guilty getting something like super expensive. There was just a part of me that's like, why am I able to get this and somebody else can't? Like, I felt bad. And, and I tell her, because you work and you earned it. I know, but I just feel wrong about it. And I always have. Like, well, and I've learned. I have one pair of rare red bottoms, by the way. There are tennis shoes, and it's because Chad gave them to me. Because me and him have the same shoe size. Chad. Hi, they're, Chad. They're not even high heels. They're like men. Tennis shoes. They're like men's red bottom shoes. But there's no way in hell that I'd pay like $1,500 for a pair of shoes. Like, and I love that. I mean, you could. Oh, that's like three plane tickets to three friends to go somewhere. That's exactly my point. Like you would rather take somebody that you love that can't afford and go have an amazing experience that they would never be able to do for themselves. And yeah. that's the part that circles me back to you are misunderstood. People don't know that about you. People don't know that. Well, because I didn't really ever feel like I have to like prove no. The things I do, no, you know? I'm saying, I'm yeah. saying people are going to get to see a different side of you um, because if they look at you, oh, she jets that she does this and that. And that's what I was going to say. If you continue to tune in, there may be a really heavy, you know, you may talk about something that that's really heavy, but the women out there are like, oh, wow, I relate to that. Who, who knew that she has struggled with that same issue or had that same whatever. And then you may turn it, tune in and it may be all of funny and laughing and about dating and all the I shared yeah. with her a couple of my um, post-divorce dating. Yours is freaking hilarious. So <laughs> whenever we do the dating session special or whatever, I'll I can be the old lady dater. Yeah, I will bring you on. I have some stories. Before we go into these next set of questions, because I feel like we did. I hope you guys enjoyed that introduction. It's kind of an inter introduction of mine and Angie's relationship and the beauty of it. And again, Angie, like I can't thank you enough for doing this with me. And really and truly being in my life. So I can't imagine anybody else really asking me these questions since you've been kind of my secret diary for the past few years. I literally tell this woman everything. And since everything. everything. And <laughs> if I ever wanted to write a book or a movie, all I have to do is ask Angie. She also remembers everything. Where unlike me, I'm like Dory. And I'm like, I can't remember. Like somebody can stab me and I will forget about it if enough time goes by. And I'll be like, no, you'll still be bleeding a little bit. And you'll be like, I'll be like, what are they, what's happening? Why did you take a picture of that person? Why are they in your life again? I'm like, what are you talking about? Huh? I'm like you're bleeding. They stabbed you. And you're like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm very forgetful, especially forgetting negative things. Um, oh, yeah. We got we went off on a tangent. But mm -hmm. So that was the introduction to the podcast. I want to thank you guys for really being here and listening to us. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy this. Again, we'll have different subjects and different things that I work on um, weekly. We haven't decided if we're going to release them every two weeks, once a month, every week. We haven't gone into that. I've just kept getting asked by my patients, like, when are you going to do another podcast? Just do one by yourself. And I'm like, okay. Um, I had, I have a few podcasts that I did with one of my really good friends, one of my best friends, Aaron, and we live in different cities guys. So it was just so hard to do it together. So I, yeah. and I decided I'm going to give it a whirlsies. I might even bring her up here and do like a little guest spot. There'll be a lot of fun stuff that we're going to talk about 
Angie has a bunch of set of questions that she wants to ask me, and that will be in part two. So part one was that introduction, more of the personal side of me since, you know, Angie told me, no, nobody really knows the you, you, even though I thought, I, I swear I thought people did it. I thought I put a good job displaying myself on on my social media stuff, but I, I, I will admit I do tend to go kind of quiet. You know, I'll be like mm-hmm. all about letting people in and then I just get exhausted by it and I just want to live my life and not have everybody be in every part of it, you know? When I think too, a defense mechanism that, that I've seen. I get scared letting get people scared. in too much in, you know? And you get exhausted from, but this is all of us. This is human. Like we hurt too much or we feel something negative too much, too long, too often. Um, I mean, to want to I'm always it. saying this is one like, but the, uh, there is a Bible verse that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I mean, like too much being let down, too much somebody turning on you, too much lack of hope too often is it's just exhausting. better. And not only that to me, it's just better to like close everything out. But that's, that's not really, healthy either. I know. 